your source for all things Texas Tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T 97.3. And welcome in to the Ask Level Podcast presented by Double T 97.3 and 100.7 The Score. Woodman, need a little more energy, man. I'm that's trying. A, that's a big win. My voice is sounding like okay. uh, Joey McGuire's voice last <laughs> night after the game. I didn't even have to uh, put a lot into it vocally, but uh, I think my excitement level was was pretty good. I I was uh, very excited. That was that was welcomed after the last two FCS game, games we've seen for Texas Tech. It's pretty nice to do what you're supposed to do in one of these. Yeah, you know, I I think uh, you know the, the, this past weekend's game. I, I think that you, you, you'll see some that will suggest, oh, well, Murray State's not any good. I don't know anything about Texas Tech yet. Whereas maybe last year and the year before, it's maybe Houston Baptist is really good. Well, they were. Maybe SFA is pretty good. Well, sure. they, they were um, at their level. And so I, I, don't, I don't know if, if how many real takeaways. The, 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 obviously, the – the main thing is that you won. You did so in commanding fashion, and fortunately and unfortunately, you had three quarterbacks throw a touchdown pass, right. and that was very unique. And how you got to that point, though, is the is the unfortunate part, possibly, because you know you you could be without Tyler Shuck for a lengthy period of time. I think. Uh, you hear Coach McGuire after the game talk about AC joint. You t- hear him talk about uh, collarbone and same shoulders last year, mm-hmm. trying to determine the severity of things. Uh, and and Coach McGuire's words were, "Well, at least it's September and it's not October." So you 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 put all that and the, all the ingredients in the soup there, mm-hmm. and I think it 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 tastes bad. Um, because I I think the expectation would be that yeah he's going to be gone for a, a while it's just a matter of how long and how severe and all that stuff so that I, I hate to like not celebrate the win because it was fun it <laughs> sure. was a juiced up environment however that's the one like things just change just like that and that's kind of where. We may point now until we get some clarification on what what Tyler's actual injury and timetable is. But arm in a sling, second half, right? And the 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 way that Joey McGuire talked about it afterwards would suggest to me that this is going to be Donovan Smith's and maybe Baron Morton's show for a while. Yeah, there, there's no official word, but all of the signs that you mentioned point pretty negatively. Hopefully. Hopefully we get to see him back sooner rather than later. Uh, and hopefully if it is similar to last year, we get to see that maybe um, come around a little quicker because the injury happens in game one instead of later. But at the same time, that's been the, the talking point or the main story of the offseason is you got three guys that can be starters on a lot of rosters. And now you you have to utilize that depth immediately. And that being said, man, Donovan Smith, he looked about as good as he could have. Yeah, and and I think the uh I think the the interesting thing for not just Tyler and what he may be going through, just like, geez, man, I can't catch a a, a break, man. Yeah. I mean, how unlucky can I be? 
But now Donovan now has an opportunity. It, sure. it, it looks like uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think I'm, I'm was also fascinated as I was trying to, you know, decompress and go to bed after after the game on on Saturday night. Kind of hard to do. <laughs> How does Zach alter? his whole mindset of what he wants this offense to be now. How does he call it differently? Does he, um, do you major in different things now than you thought you were going to? Do you, you know, and, and because let's be honest, Donovan's one of his strengths is the run game. His, his ability to use his legs and get out in the open field and even some called runs and all that. Now, do you feel as comfortable doing that? Knowing, okay, well, I maybe just have Baron over there now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know that he had had these some plans to utilize all three quarterbacks in different ways and maybe even on the field at the same time. I don't know when we'll see that, if ever, at this point. So, uh, But but it, to your point, Choice Donovan came in. He was 14 of 16. I think he had four touchdown passes, and it, 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 looked, uh, it looked pretty good. And, and the one thing we really didn't see from him was him running around everywhere. No. He really just was a drop back, you know, kind of extend to play type guy. And so that, that's, a, that's a positive sign. And he's got plenty of experience to draw from. The most important thing I can tell you about Donovan Smith is, is that there's a reason why he was voted team captain. Everybody knew he wasn't likely to be the starting quarterback, but right. it says a lot about who Donovan is, not just the player, but the person, that his coaches and his teammates think enough of him that, that voted him captain. And he's breaking the team down. He's talking to the band yeah. and some of those things. That tells you a lot about who Donovan is, And uh, but he, he may get an opportunity here. And now he goes from maybe two to one, and Barron goes from three to two. And so their worlds have kind of vastly changed in, a, in, in an instant. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the 14 of 16, 221, all that's great. But I think something that does have to be highlighted, and, and you mentioned it earlier, you, you don't know what you can take away necessarily from that this game. Most of the time, if you're learning anything concrete in an FCS game, it's negative <laughs> if you feel like you're learning anything solid. But something that was positive, we'll learn in coming weeks how good it can be. Is you really kept Donovan Smith upright. It, it didn't feel like he was ever really hurried either. And the same for Tyler Shuck. Early in the game when you had your main, your starters in on offensive line, that seven or eight rotation that, that Coach McGuire talked about, and offensive line felt like it, it did its job pretty well. Well, the offensive line wasn't a storyline versus Murray State, and that was a good thing. That is absolutely a good thing. Because... Whoever was back there, a lot of time, you know, uh, you know, going through progressions and different things, mm-hmm. and, and and hitting targets, allowing things to come open, and so yeah, there was no need. You ran the ball well uh, when needed, and because there's going to be sometimes, uh, because I th- I think the thought is, I think the thought is, is that this this group comes into the season as a better run blocking group than a pass blocking group, just in general. Mm-hmm. And they weren't asked to do a ton of that last night simply because Murray State dictated the the you know how you were going to play offense. But Houston may do it completely differently. Uh, NC State may be completely so you're not real sure because there's going to be some nights where you're going to have to okay we're, we're going to have to run it. You know they're they're dropping everybody back. They're giving us a light box. We're going to have to run it. So anyway, but I thought I thought that group in particular was just kind of a. Had a quiet night, which in this in this way was a really it's a, it's a good thing. Offense obviously lived up to the hype in game one. 
under or for the new coordinator Zach Kitley defense. What was your take on on the defensive side of things? Uh, Philip Liddy, uh, I thought, Ooh. yeah, he had a couple of sacks, and nice you know, because I mean, Tyree Wilson led you in sacks last year, and he only had seven, and so Bl- Bl- Liddy had two last night uh, against the the Racers. I keep saying last night, I'm all over the place, and I can't remember what day it is. <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think he, you know, you allowed 1.2 yards per rush. I think that was that. That's something you feel good about. The, the concern is some of the chunk plays that you gave up. You know, I think uh, Coach McGuire had talked to me going into the locker room and then again after the game about you know corners' eyes maybe get you know biting on some of the play action fakes. Yep, you got to get that corrected because guess what? What do you think Houston's going to do when they see that on film? Like, oh, we can get these guys play action. You know, get them to bite just a little Plenty bit, yeah. and then um, you know you, you've got a much older, better quarterback in Clayton Toon for Houston. Uh, and they come off of a three overtime win in, in a very hostile Man. environment against UTSA. That was something. Yeah, a couple of twelve and two teams from last year, and that was a in-state heavyweight fight. I mean, th- those teams are both really good. Yeah, I mean, right out the gate. Yeah, you, as an aside, UTSA is going to have a hard time getting people to come there and play just because of how difficult it, it's it's going to be. But uh, is what it is. That's their problem. But I I, I thought. That that's something that you, you didn't feel great about. But if you take those few plays out, and that's not how it works, but take those few plays out, all the stats look pretty good. But it's it's those big long passes that sure. that can bite you a little bit. And that and, you know, and one of those being completed, depending on how the game is going or who you're playing, can can determine a game. So you've got to get better uh, there. I thought I thought defensively. One moment in the game, though, the game was largely out of reach, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, uh, Dean Hood, the uh, the coach for the Racers, probably would do this over again oh, because man. of what happened. For sure, but it was the it was the last play of the half. Mm-hmm. You can kick a meaningless field goal just to get points, but I believe it was a a fourth and fairly long fourth and. Eight. Goal from the eight. Yeah, I think. Eight. yeah. He, he goes for it, and then his quarterback DJ Williams goes down, and it's it pretty. You, you kind of hear a pretty severe ankle injury. I don't mm-hmm. know what 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 that looks like, but looks you, pretty bad. Yeah. Point is, you didn't ha- allow any points on the scoreboard uh, at that point, and I thought that was a pretty good stand up because uh, they they allowed a, one of those big long passes right before that, and it, it you know you, you held Murray, Murray State to no no points on the scoreboard. So you kind of go in the locker room feeling feeling good, although the game the score had long been determined. You think the outcome? Yeah, yeah. I mean, largely. Like you said, you kind of have to take everything we saw against Murray State with a, a large grain of salt mm-hmm. because but it's, of it's, who it's it is. A, it's a team that's won back-to-back, had sure. back-to-back winning seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not trying to, to yeah. poo-poo what you did, but it feels like this is the week we actually learn some more yeah. about Texas Tech. And, and that's that goes for any team that in the Big 12 or anywhere across the country that played an, an FCS opponent for the most part. You get to learn a lot more this week. But it's just different than what you anticipated. You're going to learn a lot more this week, yeah, uh, because this will be a very motivated, talented, ranked Houston team yeah. that will at some point be a conference rival. And I think uh, you know they'll have athletes and old athletes and speed and and you know you've got some red, former Red Raiders on that roster, Keyshawn Carter, uh, yeah, being, being one of them. That you know, and again. Dana's team went twelve and two last year, and they figured out a way to win against UTSA, and so that they'll be an absolute handful this weekend. I, I, I will say too, I thought the atmosphere 
in the stadium was awesome. Uh, I was going to ask you, yeah. I mean, you, you get a better feel for that down there on the sideline. Some different elements to well, it with speakers and stuff, such. The, but there was some new yeah. uh, that I had never been a part of before. Like when you go to when you go to Norman, they they set up these speakers on the field and it's for pregame only. Then they tear them down, and it, and it is it's loud down there. It's meant to create this vibe during pregame, and, yeah. and it's the music is just being pumped right down there. And these are these are. Like big speakers, these aren't like you know yeah. fifteen sub you know sure. you know whatever that you put in your jeep like like you've got choice, <laughs> but but yeah, right. it, but but they take those down. So I noticed when I went down on the field on Saturday night, you know there's there's pretty big speakers down there on the field, mm-hmm. and that it, it was putting out some sound, mm-hmm. bone rattling sound, but. I don't know what it sounded like if you're sitting anywhere on the west side of the stadium because those speakers are pushing that sound sure. to the student section. But it, it, it was nothing like I've experienced before. And it, and it's pumping in the music that is coming in the deal. And I would say this, the music for four quarters, anytime the opposing offense is on the field, they're just hitting hitting it with you over and over and over again. Yeah. And I know Joey was very involved in that. Uh, but that was a completely different vibe and experience, and I, I loved it. it. It made it feel important. It made it feel energetic. It made it feel like this is a place where I want to be. From my perch, it, it felt like this was <laughs> I – mean, I'm, I'm a little high up there, but it, it still felt like this is the most energized and maybe even biggest crowd you've had for a FCS game in a long time, a crowd that stuck around. And when you're up by – 42 to 10 at halftime, it's hard to expect a crowd to stick around a long time. We'll get real testers later, the, the problems with team, player players, with students leaving at halftime and that, that sort of thing in, in an actual real game, a real tight game. But, man, it, it felt like this was – it felt like the buzz that we felt in the offseason may have maybe translating to, to inside the stadium. There's that. I think he's very smart with the the Raider walk because what you do is you get people congregating sure. around that part of the stadium like, you know, a couple hours before and you get them there mm-hmm. to, to kind of touch and feel and see and all those things with with the team walking in. And then you have the yeah, you have the music and and everything. But yeah, I just I thought I thought it was a fun environment to be in. And the football had a lot to do with that, right? There was a lot to cheer for. You almost kind of got bored with the touchdowns, and I, I say that like tongue in cheek. I'm never course, bored with touchdowns, course. but it was like when you put up is you know 63 points and all that, then you you just okay. Well, there's another one and another one. But uh, yeah, kudos to the folks over there putting on the game presentation. I think Joey had his hands all over some of that. Uh, the, the one the one regret that I have is that I'm ready for the first turnover because they'll play the purge. Oh yeah, and he's uh, which they played that like before the game. Well, right? he, he's or... he's excited about. I like it, but that that you you you'll get that button hit every time that they get a takeaway, um, and so and I don't know if the stadium explodes if they take three away or that you get pyro or I don't know what happens, <laughs> but uh, maybe there's some payoff there, but uh, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it was, I, I'm, I'm glad we talked about that because it was noticeable. And I will say that that this weekend against Houston, you will absolutely need every bit of it and probably more because your crowd 
will have to help you win that game, in my opinion. For anybody that's into this kind of thing, Tech opens as a three-point favorite at yeah. home. Yeah, no, uh, it's against, gonna be it's gonna be dicey, man. Yeah, should be um, should be a lot of fun. Um, did did you? This was actually one of our questions submitted on uh, Ask Level. We'll get to some more questions uh, towards the end. But someone asked, Bart asked, does your confidence level change at all for this weekend, this weekend's game, based off of the results from both the Houston game and what you saw from Texas Tech? Or does it remain the same? You know, th- this may not be fair. I, I probably don't feel quite as confident w- with the Shuck situation. Okay. okay. But that that's not fair to Donovan or, or anybody uh, because of how well you played. I just – there's a reason he won that job. Sure. Okay? Yeah. There's a reason why Zach Kitley, you know, stood up early last week and said there's not a GA, a trainer, a coach – that that thought anybody but other than Tyler Shuck should have won the job, and and so much so that Coach McGuire and I really didn't even ever discuss it formally before we announced it. It was right. just kind of, and so no, I, I get that. Yeah, you've got all that. Yeah, um, I, 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 yeah so I, I don't. I, be, and here's the thing: this is me me being weak minded, but <laughs> things are now like they're they're not like we thought they were going to be, and so now it, it, I'm guilty as anybody. Now I've got to adjust my mindset and go, "Hey, man, everything's going to be okay," or <laughs> or uh oh, or I, I don't know. But I, I just you know we're we're trained when we do these when we talk on these shows and do different things and formats that you, you try to think of all the different scenarios and hypotheticals mm-hmm. and all these things, and so yeah. I'd, you, you you may be more than fine. It may this may be a bit of a blow. Uh, we may not even really realize that yet. I, I have no idea, and I hope Donovan takes the baton if if it is his, and runs with it and never looks back. But you, you're just not real. You're not real sure what you're going to get. I just, I just know this. I I think there's a couple things. If your crowd will show up and you can run the ball well, I think you'll be fine. Because I did see that, you know, Houston struggled and that loud environment in the Alamo Dome a little bit. There was some false start penalties. There was some different things. They're not perfect, but they have an old veteran quarterback that made a play at the end, and he kept them in the game yep. and did some things. And I just think they just kind of gutted it out and showed enough moxie. So they won't – again, that's a, just an old, athletic, motivated team that, that is the culture of winning. And you, you handled your business against them last year. Yeah, last but, year's game, I mean, largely – you had some huge defensive plays against that veteran quarterback, that exact same one that's going to be starting this year in Clayton Toon. But you you made some plays offensively when it mattered. I remember, I don't know. It felt like you just completely jumped right into a hole at the beginning of that game last year. Yeah, you were still able to to overcome it. Uh, obviously, you don't want to do that again this year and and dig have to dig yourself out of anything, but. I think, and this is personal opinion, you can react to it. I think your key, your biggest key to this game, or the the spot I'm going to be watching the most, it goes back to that offensive line. Is that offensive line going to be able to protect Donovan where he has time to go through reads? Is is that offensive line going to be able to get that push up front to, to let you run the football like you need to against this Houston team? At least offensively, that's, that's where I'm going to be focused. And what's funny is, is that... Uh, Houston didn't see Donovan at all last year. True. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is a new deal, brand new, uh, for him, uh, for them, and him. But um, you know, and there's something different too about, and he would, I'm sure he would tell you because he experienced both feelings last year. There's something different about preparing as kind of the backup versus preparing as sure. the as the starter all week too. But uh, no, this is the, the 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 best part about him being able to have all this experience and all that stuff. But that's the beauty also of him being back there is that if the offensive line isn't perfect, he can still he can still his skill set allows you to do some different things and there's some things that the defense just simply can't account for. You know, when I, right. I, I if I look up and I see the the backs of a bunch of DBs, man, I can just take off and go. And it's it's just the defensive coordinator's worst nightmare when you get these athletic running quarterbacks and that's what he is. So uh yeah, but th- that that'll that'll be an interesting. Idea. Yeah, that offensive line needs, will need to continue to play well. Really, I mean, there's there's really not going to be because I mean, against NC State, they've got a veteran defense. Uh, Texas is going to be decent on that side of the ball. They always are. Uh, so I mean, I you know I just and it's crazy because you come away and the offensive line as we've talked about for the most part played pretty well and it was a non storyline in a good way and yet it kind of gets buried because of some of the other things that happen and uh the different quarterbacks and receivers being involved and things like that all right uh let's go ahead and get to a few ask level questions someone asked level did you feel like the running backs were underutilized in game one no, I mean, I I, th- I think uh, you, you have to understand that I think Taj Brooks has been kind of – there's been some load management with him in fall camp. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Joey even said it coming into the game, he'd be on maybe a bit of a pitch count. Yeah. And I don't think we saw him in the second half, and, and you didn't need to see him in the second half because of the three touchdowns. Sir Roderick got a few more carries. I, I, I actually think it was a – Murray State dictated a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I think I think the thought was Murray State was going to really drop back and keep everything in front of them, and what we got was they actually played some press, press. coverage where yep. they kind of bit on some of the the motions and some different things, and it just opened things up down the field. And you had some quarterbacks and receivers that made plays down the field, and so because there's going to be times when we go. Man, I think the tight ends and receivers are being underutilized. Sure. It's just going to be kind I, of a week-to-week scenario. That's exactly what Zach Kitley told us a week ago. Is He said, look, you, my offense is going to be based off of what the defense is giving you. If, if you're going to be... You need to be a chameleon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got to be, be all things to all people. Like, I've got to be able to... We're, we're an equal opportunity offense. So, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, you... you, you, you we. And, and the best analogy I can give you is I go back to the Final Four Texas Tech basketball team mm-hmm. because you want to speed it up and run it, get up down the floor, we can do that. You want to slow it down sure. and play half court only, we can do that. They could do they could play whatever style you wanted, and I think ultimately right. this is what Zach wants his offense to be. Do we we want to be able to major in in several different things. And, and, and again, some people say, well, if you do that, you can't be really good at anything. But yeah. that's not that's not how he views it. I mean, he he we need to be able to you know play short yardage and smash mouth. We need to be able to throw it way down the field and spread it out. We need to be able to go fast. We need to be able to kind of milk the clock. I mean, all all, all these different things, and that's that's how he learned. That's what Cliff Kingsbury taught him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when Cliff Kingsbury is a perfect example when he had the horses in the stable running back like DeAndre Washington, he pounded the football over yep. and over. Mm-hmm. 
when you, you have Pat Mahomes, yeah, when you got Pat Mahomes, throw it all, sling it all over the field. Yeah, and, exactly. and I think, I, I think that that's the sign of good coaches. They don't just have sure. square peg sure. round hole philosophy in that. This is what we do, guys. You need to learn this, and if you can't do this thing, then it's y'all's fault. <clears throat> no, coaches adapt. Personnel gets a little bit differently. Yeah, there's some certain things you want, but I think you know Joey talked about that after the game. Hey, look, man, we went empty. We did 11 personnel. We did 12 personnel. Uh, they may have even shown a 13 personnel group. And what, what I mean by that is one running back and either one tight end, two tight end, or three tight ends. And you, you, you just showed all different kinds of things. And that's that's in this portal era, it gets more people involved. Yeah. It gets more uh, guys engaged. And it, it's also a pain for the defense because they got to learn against all these different things. Yeah. You know? Got time for a couple more questions here um, for the Ask Level podcast. This one says, Level, can you compare or give us a comparison of that game compared to other openers that you have seen from new head coaches at Tech? Well, uh, the the funny thing is is that that was the most points scored by any head coach in, in their debut yeah. ever in the history of ever, so there's really no comparison because this one was kind of history-making. If you get caught up in the – how many points the team scores when the head coach's first game at the school? I mean, I, that, sure. but but it is a it is a fact. Uh, but I thought I don't know. It's it's hard to remember back to some of the debuts. I, I would just say though that years from now, I'll remember that you 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 wore Murray State out. But I'll, I'll also remember like here we go again on a quarterback injury. <laughs> Or potentially, you know, I just because it's like it, it's never just, fails. This has been what you've dealt with for now years, and yeah, there's a few years sprinkled in there, but this is it's like seriously, man. And I thought that the whole I know you're a big Mike Leach curse guy, but I thought that was exercised <laughs> after <laughs> after the not. goings on there. I was in, hoping it was in Memphis. I mean, it, it, it had long since been exercised, but maybe you should you should pay Mike Leach and it all go away. Is that, to us. Yeah, <laughs> that what I need to do? I'm, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, um, level. When you and I talked uh, this uh, in the off season, we did shows together. Uh, I do remember we're going through position groups, and and you're talking about where you've got confidence and where there's still question marks. And one of them that you listed in the the question mark category category was receiver. Do you walk away from Saturday night feeling better about that, or is it still a I got to wait and see against better competition. Both. Uh, I th- I think the the best thing about the game versus Murray State was is that you had fourteen guys catch a pass, and and you had some guys really step up. And Miles Price wasn't one of them. Yeah, I think at the end of the <laughs> day, he he's going to be one of your guys that really generates the most stats and things like that. And so the fact that he, you didn't have to lean on him and you still were very productive with Loic and, and Jerron Bradley and, and on and on it went. Because I think at some point, too, you're going to hear a lot more from Xavier White. You're going to hear a lot more from Nehemiah <clears throat> Martinez. There's going to be some other guys that, that kind of uh, work their way. And I think Brady Boyd is, is somebody that's got – and I'm still big on Cleveland and Sparkman. Sure. They just can't seemingly stay very healthy. However, having said that, I think that they will see different – level of athlete and coverage versus Houston versus NC State versus Texas. They're going to deal with some physicality. Yeah. They're going to deal with some you know experience that they they haven't seen yet and I think that's what I'm kind of curious to see kind of how they adjust to that. And Donovan will have to deal with some of that as well. 
Sticking with the receivers for a final question here in the Ask Level podcast. Ben asks, if you could buy stock in any one of the six, four or taller receivers, who are you going with? So he's got listed Sparkman, Bradley, Cleveland, and Fungi. Well, it, it'd either be Bradley or, or, or Loic. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think probably Loic, uh, and, and maybe very the slimmest of margins over over Bradley. I think Loic is the get behind the defense guy because how well he runs. Mm-hmm. I think I think Bradley is more of the bully ball fifty fifty guy. Just throw it up. I won't because what 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 Bradley does is he kind of plays the position like a basketball player, which he was. Yeah, this is Jalen Tyson's one of his best friends that's over on the Mark Adams' basketball team, and I think. Uh, I, I think he just he knows how to use his body and, and he's very physical and he is he's about six five, I don't know two ten two fifteen. He, mm-hmm. But he plays big. Loic's game is is speed, and you need you need some of that. But the coordinator is also helping them yeah. scheme them open too. Man, you know sch- scheme <laughs> them you? open because I, I just I, I hope people paid attention to Miles Price being used as a decoy a lot versus Murray State. A lot of the jet sweep stuff. Yeah. And it and it it moves those linebackers just enough, and it's you know, and, and that's all it takes. And guys get misaligned, or like there's a, some slight confusion, and and away we go. Yeah, it seemed like Miles Price was a non-factor in a good way until what, I think the third quarter. You saw three plays in a row, or three three out of four plays go to Miles Price intentionally just to to get him going. But other than that, you didn't have to lean on him, and that's such a luxury to have those other guys hopefully it does does stick and and you still can lean on all of those other guys when you get to some tougher competition uh final one looking towards houston what where is is the biggest strength of the cougars and where is their weakness that you can exploit if there is one well you know i i don't know i i, I think that's probably the the scariest part about houston is is their lack of weakness they're mm-hmm. just this is really a solid team that that won 12 games last year they bring a lot back they brought in more portal type guys they've yeah. kind of started to go the the smu route a little bit and the guys that that leave houston and go sign somewhere else they're houston's kind of tapping into them and getting them to come back so that that's Probably what I would say is is their is their strength is their lack of weakness for for in no uncertain terms. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that that's yeah. the way that that works because I Makes don't sense. see any sort of position group. And there may be a few guys that okay, well, we can pick on this guy or whatever. I'm just saying, but overall, they're just pretty solid. But the the, the scariest part of the intangible is they'll, they'll be very motivated and they'll they'll come in here and you know and all those things. And you'll be motivated too. Don't get me don't get it twisted, but it's just uh you know with what you did to them last year and that they they just started reeling them off um uh, after after that game last year. And yeah. they I thought they they beat you for a half, but you beat them for a half and your half was better, better. than their half. Yeah. So. That's right. So Cl- Clayton too though, he's the one he's the one that makes me the most nervous. You know, that that that's because you? he's a veteran quarterback and he makes plays. He's a winner. And that that's always scary. He's a year older, but you flustered him last year. I mean, true, got in his head, had a pick. I think pick six, had a couple picks. Yeah, you you were able to get it done against him last year. We'll see if the Red Raiders can do so coming up this Saturday. Red Raiders and Cougars at Jones Stadium. Of course, you'll hear level on the call for that one at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Keep hope alive, Woodman. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Had fun. It's Chris Lovell. I'm Choice Woodman. 
been listening to the Ask Level podcast here powered by Double T 97.3. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Ask Level podcast powered by Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.